Welcome to Since You Asked with Jim Barrier on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Send Jim your questions about the Bible and Christianity to jim at cgmradio.com. Subscribe to Since You Asked by visiting us online at cgmradio.com slash ask. And now, here's your host, Jim Barrier. One of my favorite Christmas traditions began in 1965 when CBS aired A Charlie Brown Christmas. I remember Charlie Brown crying out, Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. He walks out to center stage. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. The angel said for... Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Christmas is indeed about Christ being born. It is essential to our faith to recognize the physical birth of Jesus. John taught, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. This was important because in that day there were false teachers who claimed that Jesus was only a spirit and not human. They even claimed that Jesus never left footprints where he walked because he could not be in contact with the fallen earth. That is just as errant as teaching that he was not divine. Jesus was fully man and fully God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what incarnate Word means. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. Jesus is unique in history. He is uniquely God and He is uniquely man. As we recognize and rightly celebrate the physical birth of Christ, we need to recognize another aspect of his birth. Just before Colossians 2, Paul lays this one on us in chapter 1. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn, of all creation, for by him all things were created, 
both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Some people jump to a dangerous conclusion after reading the words firstborn of all creation. There you have it, they say. Jesus was born, he was created. That's a classic example of taking words out of context. For the very next line says, By him all things were created. The third verse in the Gospel of John reads, All things came into being through him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. In John 17, Jesus prays, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world existed. The term firstborn in Scripture denotes seniority, not creation. It attributes authority. Jesus has authority over creation. In the same way, he is the head of the body. He has authority over the church. He has authority over everyone and everything. In Matthew 28, he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In Luke 5, The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. In John 5, The Father gave to the Son authority to execute judgment. Colossians 2.10 says he is the head over every ruler and authority. Ephesians 1. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. And he made him head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This authority includes authority over death. 1 Corinthians 15, he has abolished all rule and all authority and power. He must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be abolished is death. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. The key phrase here is the phrase firstborn from the dead. In the council chambers of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit conspired together to save mankind. 700 years before Christ, the prophet Isaiah proclaimed, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Jesus was born to save us. The angel told Joseph, She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
Matthew twenty twenty eight says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How would Jesus save us? How would he pay a ransom? Isaiah 53 says, All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the wrongdoing of us all to fall on him. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 says, Just as through one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all mankind, because all sinned. And Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. We are all doomed to die because of our own sin, unless, unless there was a way mankind could be saved from sin and its consequence. The rest of Romans 6.23 reads, But the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made the one who knew no sin to be sin in our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The deepest mystery in the Bible is this. Holy God would become a man and bear the sin of unholy man so that unholy man could become holy. Jesus was born to die so that we could live. He would lay down his life as an atoning sacrifice for our sin, for my sin, for your sin. I will go into greater detail about the atonement next week. So as important as the human birth of Jesus is, we cannot afford to overlook the meaning of him being the firstborn from the dead. Water baptism is identification with the crucifixion of Christ and his resurrection from the dead. We have died with him, and we are raised with him. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Because he is firstborn from the dead, we shall be raised from the dead. Hebrews 12 says, For you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and to a blazing fire, and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind, and to the blast of a trumpet, and the sound of words, which sound was such that those who heard begged that no further word be spoken to them. For they could not cope with the command, Even if an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am terrified and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to a city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, and to the general assembly, and the church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Because he is firstborn from the dead, 
we are no longer under the law. Because he is firstborn from the dead, he is worthy of worship. The book of Hebrews begins, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world, and he is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become much better than the angels, to the extent that he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of his angels did he ever say, You are my son? Today I have fathered you, and again I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. Because he is firstborn from the dead, we have assurance that he will come again. Revelation chapter 1 John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he made us into a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Romans chapter 1 says, Concerning his son who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. The resurrection proves he is more than just a son in the flesh. The resurrection was witnessed firsthand. Acts 13 says, But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, the very ones who are now his witnesses to the people. And we preach to you the good news of the promise made to the fathers, that God has fulfilled this promise to those of us who are the descendants by raising Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have fathered you. 1 Corinthians 15, For I handed down to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. This is reminiscent of John's testimony of a first-hand experience. In First John chapter 1, 
what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have perceived and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And the life was revealed, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And in chapter 5 of 1 John, If we receive the testimony of people, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. John was with Jesus and Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter says, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such a declaration as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this declaration made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we can also be raised from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15 Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man death came, by a man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, after that those who are Christ's at his coming. Because the Son of God was raised from the dead, we can be sons and daughters of God. Galatians 4 When the fullness of time came, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. Because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir through God. And from Hebrews 2, But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of his suffering death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the originator of their salvation through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father. For this reason he is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. And from John chapter 1, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. He is the firstborn from the dead, so that we can be born again. The Son of God became the Son of Man, 
so that sons of men may become sons of God. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Since You Asked is a production of Jim Barrier and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash ask.